When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And then, boom, boom. That's excellent, man. Come on. We're going to do it. Make it going. We're going. We're going. We're going. We're going. Score. Yes. Love that awkward skull chant every Friday. <laughs> Thanks to Pat McAfee. Maybe he can do that inside the actual stadium per Adam Thielen's request. A couple weeks ago, we're going to get to Adam Thielen pretty quickly off the top here on this four question Friday. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolget, our executive producer, Declan Goff. And the show is presented by Surly Brewing Company and our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands with a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL and learn more at TCL.com. Boys, we're also giving away. It's the Purple Daily Getaway to Miami. There just so happens to be a week six in the NFL that might be of note if you are a Minnesota fan. We are sending two people to Miami. We're going to cover tickets. There it is. Dex holding it up on the screen right there. We're going to cover tickets and travel. All you have to do to enter is open the Score North app. It's free to download. Register and enter through listener rewards. Just look for the Purple Daily Getaway to Miami icon, and you should be able to find it. And by the way, because I get some feedback on this from our YouTube audience and on, on the app as well, there, there has been some people having some issues with when they have an account that they can't log in. Log out, log back in, then register. You should be okay there. If you experience more issues, just shoot me an email. We can take care of it. But th- there have been a little bit of bugs there, so if you have an account, just log out, log back in, then enter, and you should be good. Awesome. So there it is. We're just uh, we're in a generous giving mood. We'll we'll do the drawing at some point toward the end of the month of June. Are you guys ready for a little four question Friday here? Fair day of the week. Question number one comes from Floyd Sorensen via the Scorner app. You can always hit us up via the Scorner app. Adam Thielen's age issue is overreported and not as big of a deal as people make it out to be. He played at a run heavy veer offense at Detroit Lakes was redshirted as a freshman at Minnesota State Mankato and played against D2 opponents the rest of the way, getting most of his playing time as a junior-senior. He was also on the practice squad his first year in the NFL, had eight catches in 2014, 12 in 2015, for 31, almost 32 years old, 
He has lower tread wear than most NFL receivers his age who have played at a big-time high school or college as featured receivers the entire time against top talent. He's also an exercise maniac who takes care of his body, owns his own personal training company. He'll be fine at 32. Uh, what do you think? Do you agree or disagree with Floyd about Adam Thielen sort of on the, the age cliff in his early 30s? Perfect world, yeah, that, that's great. And look, I'm not, I've am i never questioned, and I don't think that this show has questioned, his um, devotion to staying in elite athletic professional sports guy shape. That being said, he has battled, no question about it, injuries. I mean, he, he's been hurt. Um, and so where I guess I would disagree is you cannot have a guy be hurt for what, two of the last three years or and, and miss substantial time? and say that there is not tread on the tire. By its nature, in the National Football League, tread on the tire means you miss time because you're hurt and now have to obviously come back and potentially manage those injuries. And so we in no way are trying to dump on him, but I think at his age, with the fact that he has been hurt more, and look, he plays a physical game. Like he is not a he's not a guy that's like, hey, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of deep routes, and you know he never gets hit. I mean, he takes a beating. Guys who are red zone targets basically get hit a lot. So I, I think it's I think it's Pollyanna to say that there's no tread on the tire. He'll be fine. To me, we have to at least wait and see. I actually disagree with you. I'm, I'm, I agree with Floyd. I'm very confident in Adam Thielen, unless there's a freak injury or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the Vikings comparison here, and this might sound crazy, is Chris Carter. So, we're, so Adam Thielen's, and I think Adam Thielen's probably quicker than Chris Carter. Like I think if those guys were to have squared off in a forty yard dash at the same age, I think I think Adam Thielen might might have beat Chris Carter. Um, but when you, when you think of Adam Thielen, you think great crisp route runner and great red zone target first and foremost. Not that he can't also catch passes deep, he can, but he's a route runner and he's a red zone guy. That's what Chris Carter was. Great hands. He's gonna he's gonna beat you in the intermediate range, short intermediate range, and he's gonna get open in the end zone. In the last couple seasons, Thielen has been one of the best red zone targets in the NFL. I think his best strength is crisp route running. Chris Carter was really really good still. Up until the age of like 35, 36. I mean, he was still catching, you know, 90 passes for 1,200 yards, 12, 13 touchdowns per season after the age of 32. And he really didn't fully erode until he was 36 years old in 2001. And then he went to Miami for that sort of weird. He became a broadcaster for a few months and then he went to Miami for five games and he was just cooked by 37. Sure. Um, now, Carter. Never really missed time with injuries. Once he got to the Vikings, he was just he played sixteen games every year. Right. So, you know, maybe he just yeah. Did he did he just get luckier? I don't know. But I think in terms of what their skill sets are, I think Thielen's will translate for another three or four years in the NFL. What do you think, Declan? I mean, over the last three years, he's missed ten games. So they're they're, he's missed ten games since two thousand nineteen. Which I mean, yeah, does add up a little bit, right? And um, and when he's been on the field, he's a red zone target. Look, the dude's racked up 31 touchdowns in that same amount of time, which is actually like remarkable. Um, he's just been that great red zone guy that doesn't necessarily uh, wow you with his speed or athleticism. He just he's going to outwork you. And yes, he's he keeps his body in shape. That's great. But at the end of the day, dude, when when you're turning 32 in the NFL, whether you were a red shirt or whatever, at this unique landing spot that he has had in the NFL. 
it starts to catch up to you, dude. Like, it, it just does. He's still a very viable and very important part of this Vikings offense, and he does need to stay on the field. When you turn 32 and you've been playing the NFL for as now as long as he had, things just catch up to you, and that's okay. It's just the course of the nature of, of being an NFL veteran. Another guy that I would throw out there, too, because I think it's fair to compare Thielen to some of the, the top receivers, route runners that we've seen the last 15, 20 years. I mean, he's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but Larry Fitzgerald was a guy that kind of lost his speed, you know, in his early 30s, and he was he was not going to run down the field and, and burn you, but he was going to get first down catches on third and eight. He was going to get open 12 yards from the line of scrimmage, and he was going to be a, a pretty decent red zone target. And Larry Fitz was still very good at age 36, you know, mm-hmm. 75 catches, 800 yards, handful of touchdowns. At age 32, 33, 34, Larry Fitz was a pro bowler, catching over 100 passes, 1,200 yards. So there's, I think there's a role. You know, is he going to be as good at 32 or 34, Adam Thielen, as he was when he was 27? No. But is there a role for him in some regard? Maybe at some point, if he's still on the team in two years, he's the third receiver or something. Maybe they draft someone or KJ Osborne takes a step up. Um, but in general, I think any worry that he's just going to fall off a cliff and be uh, a disaster this year is probably, probably not right. So, uh, all right, question number two here. The self-proclaimed number one Kurt Cousins fan on Twitter, our guy Joe Spinoza, who we invited on a Ventline episode for a for a twenty minute debate about Kirk Cousins one time. So he tells me that Kirk Cousins is the best Vikings quarterback of my lifetime, and I should respect that. Do you think this is true? So I was born in nineteen eighty five. So starting with Tommy Kramer. And there are yeah. some people, some Cousins Crusaders, that think he is the best quarterback in Vikings history, period. Wow. Okay. I don't know that I would. Uh, relative right. to, like, Fran Tarkenton relative to the league in the 70s. Yeah, that's not. Not comparable to Kirk Cousins relative <clears throat> to his league now. But let's take that out of the equation. From 1985 going forward, is Kirk Cousins the best quarterback of my lifetime in a Vikings uniform? Well, I guess, first of all, are we just talking about stats or are we actually t- talking about a success that goes beyond stats? Because he's definitely well, not the best. If that's the entire Kirk Cousins conversation. That goes beyond <laughs> stats. Um, I ha- So I've I've seen all of these teams, and I did start to watch the Vikings on a regular basis and target since last year. I would say that to call him the best quarterback in your lifetime would be a stretch because when Dante was good, Dante was really good. Um, this team, of course, made a conference championship game, which they have come nowhere near. And I'm sorry, you can't like point it well, but uh, but Dante had perfect conditions. Actually, he didn't with that team. Oh. So, um, personally, I can't say that. I cannot say that he is the best quarterback the Vikings have had since 1985. Is he near the top of that list? Absolutely. Is he the best? I can't do that. Dex? Look, uh, Dante always has that special place in my heart because that's when I became a fan and when I was a conscious fan was around 2000 and unfortunately 41 Donut was that season. But Dante peak Dante is greater than peak Kirk. The issue is is Kirk is consistent. Like the floor, right, is higher than Dante's. Like you know what you're getting in Kirk Cousins. But Dante should have won an MVP if it wasn't for Peyton Manning breaking a touchdown record. Like, he would have won the MVP award that year. He was that damn good, and his peakness was bigger than Kirk's Kirk's peakness. Now, Dante had a couple disastrous seasons, the tiny hands, a lot of fumbles, a lot of turnovers, I get it, shredded his knee, um, and his career was basically never the same after that. 
Um, but he's up there. Like the the fun the funny part is in my lifetime. I know Phil eighty five. I'm ninety two. In terms of peak performance from Vikings quarterbacks, the funny part is is Favre and Cunningham probably trump it, trump both Kirk and Dante right. as a whole. Right? Like right. It, it, it's kind of hilarious how that is. But in terms of the consistency, because we've right. we've I've had as many starting quarterbacks as birthdays I think since I've been born. That it's it's made things a little difficult that you don't really appreciate Kirk because he's been in the start of the last five years, even with the warts. So I don't think so. I can't say he's the best quarterback in my lifetime, but I can hear the argument. I can. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll just be very clear. Kirk Cousins is the fifth best Vikings quarterback of my lifetime. Uh, and you guys already threw out some of the names. Now, because he's played, what, four years? This is year five for, for Kirk in a Vikings uniform. Some people are going to say, "Well, long longevity is is going to be you know his friend." I don't, I don't, I care. This this goes for Hall of Fame voting, everything. I care less about longevity. I care more about your peak. What are you, and what is the team at its at the peak? And you get so the the four quarterbacks I have above Kirk are Brett Favre, Dante Culpepper, Randall Cunningham, and also Tommy Kramer. I think. I mean. If you give these guys a good car to drive, what do they do with it? Well, Dante finished second in the MVP voting one year to Peyton Manning, who broke the touchdown record. And I think we all agree the peak version of Culpepper was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for a couple years. The peak version of Favre with a good car to drive goes to the NFC Championship game. The version of Randall Cunningham we saw in 1998, you give him a good car to drive and a, a great wide receiver, he doesn't just drive it to the playoffs he drives it to 15 and 1 in the greatest offense statistically in NFL history at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with with um, Tommy Kramer, I think it's they're actually kind of comparable st- like in terms of statistics per their era and that they were pretty good like kind of fringe top 10 quarterbacks. Uh, I think Tommy was given the nickname 2 minute Tommy because he was he rose up in some of these moments late in games again totally different era. You can't compare their stats directly. It's got to be relative to the era that they played in. But, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they also go to an NFC Championship game with Tommy Kramer as a quarterback in 1987, or was he injured? He he was hurt. Um, he did play some that year, and then it, it was Wade Wilson who threw the incompletion in the end zone to Darren Nelson. So. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, whatever. And if you want to take him off the list, I think there are at least three quarterbacks in my lifetime that I would take. Yeah. Here, here's a good car. Which quarterback do I want to drive it? Give me Brett Favre. Give me Dante. Well, give me Randall Cunningham. Yeah. yeah. You're, for one year, you're you're taking Favre when they did. I think like, it's. I don't even think that's a debate. I think it's unique because um, I I didn't see Tommy Kramer and like you know people who were older than me obviously still like hey don't forget about Tommy Kramer. Well the. The fans that were born in the 2000s were saying the same thing. Don't forget about Dante Culpepper. There, there is a whole portion of, of fans between probably 16 and 25 that have no conscious memory of who Dante Culpepper is. Same thing mm-hmm. with me with Tommy Kramer. Like I do not appreciate or really probably give enough credit to Tommy Kramer because I never saw him play. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. You're always kind of you're looking back, and you're yeah. a lot of people forget. Like my generation kind of forgets about Tommy Kramer. And that's where Judd has to step in and say, well, wait a second now, okay? <clears throat> let's put this into into context. Uh, before we get to question three here, let's cheers to the weekend, Judd Zolgad, with an ice-cold glass of... There you go. You got the, the swag on Oh, today. I got the swag on, baby. I'm popping the shirt. That's exactly right, because you know what is right around the corner? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the summer of Surly. 
That's right, damn it. I'm going to speak, <laughs> as Declan this. says, I'm going to speak this into existence. The summer of Surly is coming. In a couple of weeks, it's going to be here. And when it does, I want you that day to have an ice-cold Surly in your hand. You know what? For me personally, it's the Furious. But perhaps it's going to be, I don't know, something else for you. That's that's the beauty of Surly. You go to the liquor store and you look in that fridge and you know what? You see excellence up and down as the summer of Surly approaches. Make sure that you don't get left out in the cold. And then when you're and then when you're sipping on a on, on one, we want us to we want you to show us your cans at Jay Zolgan on Twitter. Awesome. Also, hello to our friends at Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. All about riding season. Whatever you ride, it's a Harley. Sport bike, metric cruiser, two wheels, three wheels, whatever it is. Maybe four wheels. Hell, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis Kirk offers free shipping on orders over $89. Over 160,000 parts in stock and same-day shipping on orders placed before 8 p.m. Ride more, wait less, and get in gear at DennisKirk.com. All right, question number three on this four-question Friday. So Devante Adams speaking to the media this week basically said he wanted out of Green Bay after some great conversations with Aaron Rodgers. It, you know, they didn't have a falling out, but he basically said, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really know if he's going to be here much longer, and I'm trying to plan more long-term with my next contract. And so yeah. even though Rodgers technically signed a three-year contract, it's more of a year-to-year situation. And right. Devonte Adams sensed that Rodgers wasn't going to be around much longer, maybe even was contemplating not being around this year. And then he went on to say that he views Derek Carr as a very comparable quarterback to Rodgers, quote, if I'm keeping it real. So I guess what do you think from a, a Vikings perspective of uh, Devonta Adams, A, thinking that Derek Carr is comparable to Aaron Rodgers, and B, that he wanted out of Green Bay because Rodgers might not be around much longer? Well, B, I don't blame him because you never know. And, and playing with as great as Aaron is, being a teammate has to be exhausting because, like, it's just a constant whirlwind of he might retire, he might not. Now he's not happy. Now he is. Now he's not. It's, it's just a constant. It, it's a constant um, controversy slash whirlwind of activity in a town that is as quiet ordinarily as it gets. So B, I totally don't blame him. I think A is a byproduct of of what I like to call Greg Jennings syndrome. And, and it's this. And I don't blame receivers, okay? So this is not a criticism. I think it's just a fact. I think a lot of them, especially the great ones, they want credit. And they want to think, no matter where I go, I'll, I'll be fine. Like, I'm, I'm really good. Um, Je- uh, Jennings, to me, is the greatest example. Because he literally, when he came here, was like, Christian Ponder will be fine. I'll be good with Christian Ponder. And at that position, you ultimately... Like, you control some things, but you don't control a lot. Like, you can't throw yourself the football, right? And so I guess when it comes to Carr, he's going to say, and Carr's not bad, but he's also, I don't think he's certainly elite MVP material. He, I think he's just saying something that makes himself feel good about, I've still got a chance to be great, when the reality is he could still be damn good. But there's only, what, Phil, like three guys who are going to probably make you as good as a guy like Rodgers does. Yeah, Brady, for sure. Well, Mahomes, we're about to find out because now Mahomes is starting to lose with Tyree Kill getting traded. We're we're now seeing, okay, Mahomes' first iteration of weapons is now going to go away, and then he'll be around for like 20 years, and now we get to see who's the next made man 
in Kansas City. What does Tyreek Hill do with with Tua? Listen, I actually like Derek Carr quite a bit. I'm kind of kind of a Derek Carr stan. I love the way that his teammates love him. I love some of the fourth quarter comeback stuff, but he has some deep flaws also as a quarterback. But is it possible that Adams is looking at the current version of Rodgers that has shrunk in the playoffs a lot the last two or three years? The age, you know, he's not the same guy in some of those big situations. So it's very interesting. Just saw this from the New York Post as well. Aaron Rodgers has recently been linked to a new gal pal named Blue after two months, uh, two months after his broken engagement to Shailene Woodley. The reports identified Roger's rumored lady love as a witch by the name of Blue of Earth. But she shot down those allegations in a series of Instagram stories posting, P.S. My name is Blue, not Blue of Earth, and I do not identify as a witch. Y'all are hilarious. I don't mess with witches, so it's not my thing. he's He's become a freak. Like, he has become a freak. Her he's Instagram a great is quarterback. blue of earth. Let's see here. He's a great quarterback, but he has become a pain in the ass. And, like, I've talked to some folks who have see- seen him evolve, and there is no question. He has gone off the proverbial deep end. That's so Okay, weird. so I'm just, I'm just pulling up her Instagram account here. Absolutely. She's up to 79,000 followers. She, uh, she's the host of the Deja Blue podcast with oh. a million downloads. I, I never miss it. I don't huh. know what the Deja Blue podcast is, but I'm definitely going to subscribe and not. I like the episodes. name. Yeah, okay, like so name, she huh? okay the, the the podcast is described as a clean reservoir of consciousness from which souls thirsty for purity, relief, and love can drink. Dude, he is a. I'm telling you, he is a. He's weird, a dude. Clown show. Yep. <laughs> I need Judd to listen to three episodes this weekend, a few Sterlies in, and give us a review. Three. How about one? Can, can I listen to one? Can you listen to one episode of the Deja Blue podcast? Okay. Send me a link. I'll try and listen to it. Does anyone else, do our listeners want, do you want to hear a Judd, Judd reviewing Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend's podcast? What? I mean. He's a goofball. He really is. He's a Amazing. I, that's a nice way to say clown or freak, <laughs> but you're right. Okay. Uh, qu- <laughs> question number four here, boys. Um so we're all dog parents on the show. We all have all have dogs. Declan and I are fa- fairly new dog owners over the last several months. Mm-hmm. What is your dog's most hilarious quirk? Oh God, there's a Jack, few. You want to go first? Yeah, there's a few, and both of them happened this morning. Even when it, like minutes after I saw the prep email, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? He's going to do this exact same things I already thought of." Uh, his thing when he wakes up is he loves to just kind of step on your face. He's still, yeah. I, and, and that might just be the puppy thing of like, I have no self awareness and like the time to wake up and want to play. Like when he wakes up, he just like parades around our faces, like literally like just stomps on us, like, hey, time, time to get up, time to get up, and loves yep. to play. Um, his other weird quirk is he thinks your life is in significant danger when you're in the shower. He is <laughs> very. Very concerned when either of us is in, like, he has to be, he has to be there. And sometimes I'll be, like, literally washing my body and I'll look and he's, his paws are just, what are you, what's going on in here? Are, uh, you okay? Do you need help? You, Should I come in? Okay? It's like, no, please don't jump in the shower with me. But he, and he has before. Um, yeah, he, he is deathly afraid if one of us is in the shower. Just nervous Nelly. He doesn't, oh, doesn't understand great. it. Doesn't understand Hilarious. it. Hilarious. Doesn't he get car sick too, you said? Oh my God. Yes. Um. 
Yeah, quick side story. So, so we, we gave him uh, Benadryl. You can give a dog Benadryl. You can. We, I, I confirmed it with, with vets. I confirmed it with other people. You can give dogs. Dex, like, Dex is like, I confirmed it on Twitter. Okay. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> the issue was I messed up um, old Dex tweets and his great math, uh, mixed up milliliters <laughs> to milligrams. Oh, my God. And when I gave Vinny 15 milliliters of Benadryl to take the car ride home, which he slept beautifully, he then slept for I'm not exaggerating, was lethargic for about 19 hours. I gave oh. this dog like 10 times the amount of allotted Benadryl. And um, <laughs> Jeez, and it, it, it was not... There, at one point, what if I you would have OD'd? And yeah. There was at one point in the me. night, I was woken up by my beloved saying, I don't think our dog is... I was like, what are you talking about? He's fine. And I touched him, and of course, <laughs> yeah, I woke him up in the middle of his slumber. Um, so in terms <laughs> of Dex- dog quirks, those are one thing, and dog owning problems, I'm learning on the yeah. job. I'm learning on the hey, job De- here. Hey, Dex, have her administer the drugs from now on, okay? Yeah, that's probably safe. Like, that's what I do with Dawn. She yeah. administers, like, I, I don't handle, I, I handle simple things. Washing dishes, feeding the dog, making sure the dog has water, taking the dog outside. When it comes to anything that involves math or, or actually adult things, I let Dawn do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's we good. need Dawn's thoughts on, yeah. on that as well. See oh, if... you don't want to put her on this podcast. <laughs> with... it, would not, it would not end well for Judd. Uh, okay, what's, what's, Stella's, what's Stella's biggest quirk? So she's got a, like, she's had a bunch of them through, because dogs are, dogs are smart, especially small dogs, I think. But anyway, um, her new thing now is she has come to the conclusion that she can get fed or go outside whenever she wants by waking me up, but not in a puppy way, like Dex said. A couple of days ago, literally, I'm sleeping, and she takes her paw on my hand and just goes like this and is scratching my hand because she wants to go downstairs and eat. Now, now this is like at six in the morning. Okay. Where, where I'd like to be sleeping. And so like, she now comes and wakes me up. She usually w- wakes me up at like five to go outside and at six or six thirty to eat. And she knows because I'm old and I don't sleep as well as I once did, and I'm a complete sucker that she can push me around, and she does, and it is very, very funny. So let me ask a dumb question here. Because, like, we always had dogs when I was a kid, but I've owned cats for years. We used to have horses, too, in the hobby farm I grew up on. But there's some things I'm finding now that we've had. We've had Maya for three months that I just, like, don't know the answer to. Um, so we usually – so we get up pretty – we get up at, like, 5 o'clock. We're pretty early risers. And but we go to bed at like you know nine ten o'clock. Wow. Um, I usually take her out. I take her out the at the end of the night, and then my wife takes her out in the morning. And I usually take her out around like eight thirty or nine o'clock, and then she gets up with us around five o'clock. How many hours can you go overnight between like the last potty and the first potty? Probably like, what's a reasonable on- amount of time? My guess is that depends on the dog, but I but I think if you're doing that, so and you're on Pacific time, you're doing that. Yeah, I, I think you're fine. Like five's really early. Like yeah. five five's really early because I'm saying that Stella w- wakes me up ordinarily around five five thirty Central time, and her last potty. And she's a little dog, but she likes to. She goes potty a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, this dog. So some dogs. Some dogs don't. Some dogs. I mean, this dog loves to poop. I'll tell you that. <laughs> So so she'll go out, but but it's weird because for a long time she might not tell us and then have accidents, which is worse. So I actually prefer this. It's just funny because she like wakes me up 
yeah. like she's like she's in charge. So what's that? So so, but like how many hours throughout the night are you guys comfortable with? Nine, eight to nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you're in pretty good shape there, though. I mean, you're getting up early. That's, yeah. You're up yeah. excessively early. So the biggest quirk that Maya has, we found out two weeks ago, I told you guys this, have not brought this to the show. She ate a live bird. That's incredible. Two I've weeks ago. One. Yes. So, okay, she's an 18-pound she's an Chihuahua Terrier mix. So she's, she's not very big, but she's very muscular and has the sort of the Terrier hunting characteristics. You know? Yep, yep. And um, there was, uh, I don't know, some little family of it was like a, a it was it was a, a young sparrow or something and and so my wife was taking her out for a potty slash walk middle of the day and uh, she's very quick like she'll just kind of jump into the bushes and stuff and so she saw a bird fall out of its nest like a young bird learning to fly for the first time so she went and, and pounced yeah she went and helped it all right she went pounced didn't even swallow just literally like Oh my Grab the bird in her mouth. My wife, horrified, tries to. She doesn't. She doesn't know drop it yet. And she learns. She knows sit and smell. Horrified, my I'm wife tries to wife. open her mouth, and the bird's two little legs were kicking oh, no. on its way down. Oh yuck! Oh, that's, uh, that's kind of incredible. And dude, oh. an, an Amazon, an Amazon delivery oh, driver was watching this whole thing yeah, play just, out, and go <laughs> yes, and goes. Like I think that bird was still alive. <laughs> it's like, thanks for the observation, Thank you. buddy. Aww. So we call the vet and say, uh, what do we do? This just happened. She didn't chew it or anything. She just kind of swallowed it. And I don't know. She seems fine right now. And they said, well, she might get lethargic. You might notice some digestive issues over the next 48 to 72 hours. Dude, literally no issues. It's been two weeks. She's just She was a little lethargic for a few hours like the next day. But she, she just digested it like a champ. Apparently, if you were to eat a dead raw, like a, a bird that's been out there for a couple of days, you could run the risk of getting some bacterial infections right. and things. But, but this bird that was like, oh, it's it's a circle oh, of life, is- and it was oh. a it was a life. Yeah, bird. but I feel bad for your wife. I wouldn't want to see that personally. Oh man, like I'm not. He's just it. like the sweetest dog too. I can't I just- do real death. I'm not good with real death. <laughs> Movie like, death, I like, love. like live death. Like how many times? Yeah, I, I how many times have you have you seen someone die? No, but I'm saying no. But I'm saying like no, no, no. But I'm saying like squirrels in front oh, of your car. Like, I, I no, slam on my. You I slam on your brakes for a squirrel? No, you well, continue on not, the road. No, no, no. I'm saying on my side streets, so oh. there's no car behind me. I'm not going to slam on, on my brakes if there's a car right by me. But I'm saying like if I'm driving down the road, my my side road, and like a bunny or squirrel. Like I immediately I, stop. I can't do death. I, I, I if if there's I geese on the fairway, I'm aiming on the geese. I I I don't. What? Oh, geese I and squirrels. Do I don't. That's I don't. sociopathic. That I is that's sociopathic. Fine. I don't care. I don't want them. They're in the way. I'm not waiting for them to clear. Like get out of the way. You got like a family of the like what what's the geese like are a, so a, mean and gross, a, dude. A school. Is yeah, a school of geese. A, a school. I can't. They I, hiss. They spit at you. I still. I can't do death. Uh-uh. Can't do it. No problem. So, I can bury teams, but I can't. I can't <laughs> bury creatures. Can't do it. Amazing. Uh, well, thanks to our friends at Federated for uh, providing us with that glorious discussion there on Four Question Friday. Federated's been around for over a hundred years. They're based in Owatonna, Minnesota, and uh, they're all about risk management tools and resources. You can find a full list of all the industries Federated protect to see if your business matches up with it at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. 
All right. Thanks for hanging out with us on this four-question Friday. Uh, good luck to all those dog owners out there.